everyone likes a great deal, like savings, markdowns, and lunch specials. But when it comes to car insurance, we know the right place. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates for your ride. I'm actually having fun doing this. Yeah. Me Is that bad? No, it's good. Are you kidding? Does that make me a bad person? Why would that make you a bad person? It makes you a good person. I thought I was going to feel more, more uncomfortable with it than I do. Than I do. All right. Uh, your friends don't have to have a connection or, or call in a favor. State Farm has options like insuring your ride and your home, getting you great rates on both because insurance shouldn't put a hole in your wallet. These good neighbors are in your corner. No promo codes, no waiting around for holiday deals, and no sales section. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, Katie. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. All right, welcome to Useful Idiots. I'm Katie, Katie Helper. Helper. <laughs> and you're Matt Taibbi. I am. <laughs> it's true, yeah. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. We have a really important show, underscoring the word important today. A friend of show, Aaron Mate, uh, because we're going to, we're doing this show probably because we're going to be the only people um, on one side of the political spectrum who are right. going to discuss in, in depth uh, a recent development in a case that uh, we care about a little yes. bit. And uh, we're going to talk about some, something else that's of massive importance. Probably. I would say glo- global yeah, importance. Global, right? colossal, yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, before we get to the food groups, I think we just we have to get to that. Boy, it's really hard to not hit a pun on the way to this, this story, isn't it? Right? You don't, it but you don't want to talk about being blown away by the story, right? Uh, yeah, blown away. Uh, we're going to break it here. Yeah, you can't break uh, the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to yeah. deal some deal you guys some news. Right. Yeah. Who, Remember who, who dealt the news to you? Right. Exactly. Well, okay. Let's just, let's just, let's, right, let's just let it rip. Should we let, let it rip? Let's let, let it rip. Yeah. All uh, right. Joe Biden or the new Mr. Trump? Camilla hasn't stopped talking about hearing the president break wind during chat at COP26 climate summit in Glasgow. President Joe Biden met Duchess of Cornwall during reception on Monday. They made polite small talk and Camille shocked to hear Biden break wind. Reception was hours after Biden appeared to doze off at COP26 opening. So I think maybe we, that's the, the that's the, the summary. Should we just read the article? It's not that long and it has, or we should at least read parts of it, right? Because Yeah, I just want to point out good. that uh, that news.com Australia had a, the one that you showed first, the first time. Yeah. The, the other article. Wilson, Wilson sent that one, yeah. Yeah, so if you, if you look at it, the original headline. Let's see what it say. Camilla Bow- Camilla Parker Bowles can't stop talking about Joe Biden's long right, but, fart. But look, look at it with what what the headline was originally in the in the, in the on the, the oh, tab. Oh, let's see what was it. Let's see. So Camilla blown away by Bar- Biden's Biden's long fart. That's so much better. Why they change it? They wimped out. They didn't want. They, they wimped out. Yeah. They didn't Not, have the the fart guts. Yeah. Yeah. Do farts have guts? No, they come from guts. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Guts is such a disgusting word when you think about it. I think it's a good word. I hate it. The gut or guts. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's kind of onomatopoeia because it sounds all like acidic and gross. I like the way like sort of Yorkie uh, English people say like guts. 
Oh, you the know? goots, yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got and the, the Scottish to too, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, similar um, accent, yeah. So and let's see his face. Let's just see his face. It looks like he's does he's, that doesn't he's denying. It, it looks well. It looks like he's mid fart or smelling someone else's fart or saying no, it wasn't me. Could be any of those. And they have a great image of Camilla uh, with a mask on, but the way that you know with the face like a normal COVID. Well, actually, it's a pretty striped mask, but it's a COVID mask, and. She's, she's holding she's it up. She's got the Nancy Pelosi thing going. It's a mask that matches her. It matches the outfit, yeah. But she's holding it up. It kind of and it definitely gives the vibe of like, oh my god, what am I smelling? I mean, it's totally irresponsible news on like ninety different levels. I mean, we, yeah. we, should, we should read the story. Yeah, okay, uh, let's read it. Yeah. Do, do you want uh, to read? Daily, sure. Daily Mail, the Daily Mail one. Yeah. Okay. They go oh, straight it's really into good. the pond. They go straight in. Yeah, they go right right into the wind headwinds. Whatever. Yeah. Um, he is supposed to be committed to reducing emissions. But when President Joe Biden produced a little natural gas of his own at the COP26 summit, it was audible enough to make the Duchess of Cornwall blush. An informed source has told the Mail on Sunday that Camilla was taken aback to hear Biden break wind as they made polite small talk at the global climate change gathering in Glasgow last week. Guess that changed their climate globally. Um, it was a long and loud, it was long and loud and impossible to ignore. The source said Camilla hasn't stopped talking about it. The president met the Duchess during a reception on Monday at Kelvin Grove art gallery, attended by Prince Charles, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Boris Johnson. Just hours earlier, the 78 year old nicknamed sleepy Joe by Donald Trump had appeared to doze off during the opening addresses, prompting more questions from its political rivals over his fitness for office. And that's legitimate. Like if you, you're a president and you, and you fall asleep during yeah. a, an event. I mean, to be fair, he's just uh, governing as he I campaigned. Mean, I, I would I would fall asleep pumped. during an event, that event. Probably. But, but I'm not Especially also, yeah. In office, yeah. Um, this is not the first time that Biden has faced claims that he broke wind. May 2020, Republicans, including Donald Trump Jr., posted a video clip of Biden containing a suspicious noise while live streaming in exchange with Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf. Oh, we got to find that. Hang on a second. Yeah, seriously. However, a separate video which circulated last month and was briefly trending on Twitter under Fartgate, hashtag Fartgate, was found to have been doctored to include fake flatulence. Trump Sr. is considering running in the 2024 presidential race after a year in the White House. Biden's approval ratings are at rock bottom, which polls putting with polls putting his predecessor two percentage points ahead. This summer, Johnson praised Biden as a, quote, big breath of fresh air <laughs> on climate change compared to his predecessor. Appropriately, Biden has urged world leaders to cut methane gas emissions by 30% by the end of the decade. Uh, Cows and other- they, had, they had to put methane in the Methane, yeah. yeah. Cows and uh, other livestock contribute substantially to global methane levels. The White House declined to comment and last presidents. night. What did I say? No, no, I'm just saying and presidents oh. also could contribute. Oh, to yeah, it. and presidents. Yeah, well, I guess he needed to lower the emission to compensate for his. Well, the White House commit to farting less. Yeah, seriously, that is that is. Yeah, that's a good question. We asked you we asked it here, Joe. Will, will Yamiche Sindor have have the guts? Yeah, to, to, ask, to ask that ask question. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Anyone, if you guys do, you cite cite the cite useful idiots. So okay, so as long as we're talking, some about- people, some people have asked you to say, what do you say to the people who say that uh, you need to uh, commit to emitting less wind? Right. 
Right. What would your response be to such a hypothetical person? Yeah. I, I never I never knew about this Tom Wolf fartgate situation. There was a pretty loud. This is from BuzzFeed. There was a pretty loud fart ner, uh, fart noise during a Joe Biden live stream, and this is from May 27, twenty twenty. I didn't know. Politicians, they say, it can be full of hot air. But I'm bumped. Nice subtitle, subheadline. Okay, let's watch. Well, first of all, it looks like he just yeah, farted, and he's sitting. The fart just elevated him. He's a lot taller than uh, Governor Tom Wolf. Oh, no one... really? That, that's so. I got it the other way. I got it that the, the blast was so explosive that it <laughs> that it pushed. Wolf down. Wolf down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, virtually, and and, the, and and got rid of all of his hair. All of his hair. Yeah, I mean they're in different spaces, right? So I figured, but it could have space it could have been that continuum. Strong. Yeah, space time continuum. Some farts get. There's actually a, a function on on Zoom. On Zoom, yeah, that allows your your farts to travel. Sorry, oh, go ahead. You don't have to cut those teachers and firefighters, police officers, and cut critical cut. healthcare programs, or stop work on roads and bridges. So. Oh, my God. Did you hear that? Of lack of state and local fiscal relief look like in Pennsylvania. Let's do it again. Let's hear it again. That's pretty loud. Or stop work on roads and bridges. So what does the human cause? Is that real? He definitely farted if that's real. To be fair, I did interview Adolf Reed, and it sounded a lot because the way he was moving his chair, it sounded a lot like farting. Yeah, that's not a that's not a moving around in your chair noise. No, it's not. I like the face though. Like if we if we could watch it, this is a person who has who has repeatedly farted in public and has learned and to has learned how through. to yeah to just just power through and cut critical healthcare programs or stop work on roads and bridges. So what does the human cost? Uh, it's just seamless. I think he wasn't aware he did it actually. Critical roads and bridges. What do you, you what do you think of my theory that he didn't realize he had done it? You think that's possible? It's. It's possible. I mean, and this this brings the forward of the whole the whole um, the Biden sharding in in the Vatican thing. Oh yeah, right. And right. that wasn't you even a shard. That was like a whole. I mean, I guess we have we we got to point out that in reality you can't do a story like this. You know, you especially can't do it if if you're going to have somebody else quoted by name. So, like, you know, obviously in court, this would be hearsay. Right. You can't say an informed, unnamed source says that Camilla Parker Bowles said that Biden farted. Now, it gets a little weird if she doesn't come out and deny the story. Right. But that's like Lyndon Johnson thinking, you know, that whole thing about there's a there's a famous political story where Johnson instructed one of his aides in in an early race. This is like before the presidency that uh, to accuse uh, an opponent of having sex with his pigs on his farm. Right. And uh, the guy said, you know, Jesus, Lyndon, we can't accuse the guy of being a pig fucker. And he said, right, but let the son of a bitch deny it. Right. right? So putting it out there that Camilla Parker Bowles is, is the source of this story puts the onus on her, you know, to come out and say, that's not true. I didn't hear any far. Right. But now... What now if she doesn't do that? Right. She hasn't, I don't think. She hasn't. She stayed silent, but deadly. Silent, but deadly. Yeah. Right. It's obviously completely silly and irresponsible and, and important. Well, no, no. We I mean, at the beginning of the show. I, I, this, this, that, that's where I was going with this. There's yeah, on a scale of zero to 10 importance wise, you would normally rate this somewhere close to zero. Right. But 
it's With zero not... being the most important, right? <laughs> no, in rea- in reality, it's like not that big of a deal. Uh, but it's this whole thing with Biden falling asleep and having some other issues. Yeah, let's it, let's look at the falling asleep. So this is him sitting arms crossed. I get that. I feel like if you're tired, sometimes you try to cross your arms to like brace yourself back to consciousness. Right. I mean, you you add this to the whole, you know, uh, I'm so glad to be back in New Hampshire or whatever it was when he was in Vermont. Like how many times did he forget what state he was in during the campaign and, you know, taking him off the campaign trail entirely, you know, these, these stories are starting to pile up. Yeah. And then when when we diagnose him as seeing a cactus, oh, that's speaking right, to a cactus, yeah. Yeah. Speaking, speaking to, to a, cactus. a cactus, yeah, that guy up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened. Do you have any other thoughts about? No, I just think we needed to. You know, not a lot of people have the bra- have the guts to go there, and we do. So right. you're welcome, world. Right, you're you're right. You're welcome, world. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the four food groups this week. I guess we should start with Democrats suck. I'm going to be petty about this. I just want to, I want to dive into an issue that um, we're going to be talking about with our guests. There was a moment after the indictment of uh, Igor Danchenko, who was sort of the primary source for Christopher Steele's dossier. Uh, so after he was indicted, Adam Schiff, of all people, one of our one of our favorite politicians here, went on the View and had the following exchange. If we could see that. So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, You've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, And we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Of course. Well, first of all, yeah. whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted, mm-hmm. uh, and they are. Uh, and <clears throat> unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, if people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, but at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump campaign. And to be clear, he was fired halfway through the campaign. He goes on, but as as the uh, the tweeter there, the reporter Ken Vogel, who's, who's a good reporter, by the way, points out the... Uh, Schiff immediately deflected there to talk about Constantine Kalimnik, who wasn't even in the Steele dossier. So, yeah, he, he shift, the shift shift. Right. Shift yeah, shift. exactly. So uh, just to remind people how how egregious this whole thing was. Um, and he's saying, oh, if if somebody lied to Christopher Steele, that person should um, should go to jail. That person shouldn't be pardoned. Let's just go back in time to March of 2017 when everyone was losing their minds over the Russia story. And Adam Schiff, this was actually the, for me, it was a key moment in, it was a key kind of like, what the fuck moment when I thought there was something that was either, I, I thought this either has to be true or or this is like the craziest, you know, uh, 
sort of oppo conspiracy that I've ever seen. So here's Adam Schiff reading, um, giving a statement about the whole Russia thing. And he, he does sort of an extraordinary thing with the contents of the Steele dossier in, in, this, uh, in this speech. Here are some of the matters drawn from public sources alone, since that is all we can discuss in this setting, that concern us and we believe should First concern all, all Americans. Stop just for a second. Drawn from public sources alone. Uh, what does that mean? He, he goes on to, to cite the most private of private sources. But anyway, go ahead. In early July, Carter Page, someone candidate Trump identified as one of his national security advisors, travels to Moscow on a trip approved by the Trump campaign. While in Moscow, he gives a speech critical of the United States and other Western countries for what he believes is a hypocritical focus on democratization and efforts to fight corruption. According to Christopher Steele, a, British, a former British intelligence officer who is reportedly held in high regard by US intelligence, Russian sources tell him that Page has also had a secret meeting with Igor Sechin, CEO of the Russian gas giant Rosneft. Sechin is reported to be a former KGB agent and close friend of Putin's. According to Steele's Russian sources, Page has offered brokerage fees by Sechin on a deal involving a 19% share of the company. According to Reuters, the sale of a 19.5% share of Rosneft later takes place with unknown purchasers and unknown brokerage fees. So Schiff, this is a US congressperson, and just to back up, once upon a time in fact-checking and journalism, if a member of Congress read a prepared statement we used to consider that checked. In other words, like you didn't have to, if, if somebody read a prepared statement on the floor of Congress, we that would be good enough for us to pass a fact and, and to print because we were so sure that they would never do something that was unconfirmed uh, or wasn't at least sourced. So he goes, he, in, this, in this moment, he says that, uh, that the Steele dossier identifies Carter Page as being the potential recipient of a 19% share of brokerage fees on a 19% stake in uh, Rosneft, the share of uh, the sale of that. That's a $65 billion capital uh, capitalization in that company. Uh, and then he says it's uh, a 19% stake later takes place, which implies that Steele correctly identified in advance without public knowledge the size of the stake in Rosneft that was going to be sold. So he's saying that, the, that the, uh, an advisor to Trump has been offered this massive bribe in order to ease sanctions on Russia. And he, he, he burnishes the credentials of the Steele dossier by essentially by saying, look, he guessed it right um, uh, at that time. I called the Schiff's office after that. Uh, and asked him if he knew, if uh, if his office was aware that Steele had testified in a British court case that the that his dossier was raw and needed to be further verified. I just want to read their answer to Whoa. me uh, at the time. Wow. This is some original. So this is what they said to me back then. This is this was right after that. Uh, the dossier compiled by for former British intelligence officer Christopher Steele and which was leaked publicly several, several months ago contains information that may be pertinent to our investigation. This is true regardless of whether it was ever intended for public uh, dissemination. Accordingly, the committee hopes to speak with Mr. Steele in order to help substantiate or refute each of the allegations contained 
in the dossier. So in other words, they they hadn't even called them yet. They hadn't checked any of it yet. No reporter pointed this out at the time. The thing about Steele correctly guessing the 19% size of the stake, that was in the Russian press a year before this. Uh, so it was publicly reported. And so he, he read this whole thing into, rec- into, the, into the record and it spawned like thousands of news stories after this. And now he's sort of backpedaling away from the whole thing uh, and suggesting that, oh, how could we have ever known? Well, among other things, the FBI had already conducted an investigation into these sources and concluded that a lot of them were not reliable by the time he gave that speech. This was already known to the FBI. Just this this whole thing, including some of the interviews that that came out in this indictment that that we're going to talk about with Aaron. But Adam Schiff, I don't know how many times, this is an example of a politician who's lied so many times and continues to be given huge platforms by news agencies who never call him on it. Like, it's... You know, he, he's the one who said we have more than circumstantial evidence of of collusion and, you know, nothing. So uh, it's interesting that the view even hit him with that question. I think it's, it indicates that there's kind of a shift in the weather a little bit. And, we, you know, we saw the Washington Post last week started to talk about how there was new new uncertainty about some of their reporting on this stuff. They should take their own conspiracy theory test. Right, right. Exactly. Anyway, we're gonna talk, we'll talk about this stuff with, with Aaron, but that that whole thing, the shift thing, it's they, you know they they can't let it go. You know they they, they just gotta they gotta keep digging on this thing. Yeah. Right. All right. If you drive a car, truck, SUV, or vehicle of any kind, you need Get Upside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. That's right, with the free GetUpside gas app, you can get up to 25 cents a gallon uh, cash back every time you buy gas. Use the promo code USEFUL for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill up. I got kids, so I drive a lot. So every time I fill my car, I feel like beating somebody to death with like a, you know, a very heavy object. Well, thanks to get upside. One of the upsides to get upside is that it's probably saving lives from your would be violent outburst. Right. Yeah. Cause you, if not for this, there, yeah, there'd probably You'd be people at, off. At, at gas stations. Yeah. It could Smashing be like a, people with the, what's the nozzle. Well, the thing is I've actually, this is how far this has progressed in my mind. Like, I've looked around while I've filled up my car and, you know, the, the most of the stuff that's nearby, like within reach is not heavy enough to, to actually kill somebody with like the thing that you use to, to, yeah. to squeegee but, your, your, oh, your yeah. windshield. Um, that's usually there in a little fluid filled compartment next to the gas tank. Right. But you, you couldn't kill somebody really easily with that thing. No, you'd have to have a lot of dexterity. I guess, yeah, if you were like a like a Taekwondo person right. or, or Kendo or something like that, yeah. you know, and you, but it's not it's not like an easy like you have a much better kill. chance. Yeah. If you went to the back of your car and right. opened up the trunk and yeah. pulled something out, but that by the time you got to the to the back of, the, of your car, you'd you probably talk about it. Yeah, you talk yourself out of the, that that right. crazy act. 
So if there was something like a crowbar that was right next to yeah. the gas tank, probably I, I, there'd it's be. Pro- it's good that there isn't. That there, that there isn't, yeah. Get upside. So get upside. <laughs> So what happened for Republicans suck? So let's let's you know what? Let's just go to a clip from Media Matters. It kind of says it all. But uh, this is Eric Bowling uh, making some really good points about propaganda. The left still wants to grab the remaining control over you and me. A last ditch effort. Their desire to control, exert control over everything from cradle to the grave, proven day in and day out. Just this week, Big Bird from Sesame Street indoctrinating our five year olds. And I've scheduled an appointment for my grandsonny. We're leaving in a few minutes. Now, I just need to get one last thing before we go to your appointment, Big Bird. Uh, okay. I'll be right back. All right. And look what I have Aww. here is what we needed for Aww, your vaccine teddy bear. Five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Get vaccinated. Yes, it's time to go, Big Bird. All right. Anyway, then the giant pigeon her. took to Twitter to announce to everyone giant how it pigeon. felt about getting the shot. Not giant. the first time these little felt communists have tried to infect the minds of our youngest and most vulnerable children. Felt ago, way back in 2011, I called out Kermit, that cute parody. little green monster commie. But I remember when I was a little kid, uh, we were poor, we were dead broke. So in fact, and my parents would see someone wealthy driving by, be like, see that guy, he started a business, he worked hard, you can be like that someday. Not pointing the finger at Tex Richman and saying he's a bad guy. Well, here's what happened. The Muppets were blaming an oil baron for closing down the studio. That's cute, you little oppressive Muppets. They didn't even try to hide their disdain for success by naming the guy Tex Richmond. Yeah, but I took them to task. It's bad. I just want to say, listen, Froggy, what's his name? Kermit. Miss Piggy, if you want to debate this anytime. What's time, his I'm name? What are you talking it. about? So let's bring it. Let's have maybe, I don't know, Donald Trump moderate a debate. <laughs> uh, what do you say, Kermit? All right, well, I called them out almost 10 years later. They never took me up on that offer. Apparently, though, me calling them out didn't sit well with one portly pink dummy who took to the media to trash me for exposing her leftist tyranny. It's almost as laughable as uh, accusing Fox News as, uh, you know, being news. (laughs) Hi, yeah. Boy, that's going to be all over the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guess what? The invite's still open, Miss Piggy. If you or your emasculated frog boyfriend, Kermit, ever wanted to join this desk, it's free. So, yeah, at first I thought they were mere ideologues. And now I think they're just stuck on stupid. just kill Kermit? I mean, they don't get it when half the country disagrees with them. It's not their job to make us acquiesce. Yeah. They need to he listen to over it. Kermit. And then we see Kermit lying on his side lifeless lifeless on his, yeah, on his desk yeah i mean so did you see the big bird the big big bird uh thing no the controversy okay so big bird tweeted i got the covid19 vaccine today my wing is feeling a little sore but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy so here let me just show you the, and that people got a little triggered here um Matt, I'm putting in the chat. An unlikely figure has emerged at the center of the debate over vaccinating children against COVID-19. Sesame Street's big bird. Yes, the giant yellow bird who's supposed to be six years old faced a social media backlash from some conservatives after Big Bird tweeted about getting vaccinated. In the post, Big Bird wrote, my wing is feeling a little sore, but it'll give my body an extra protective boost 
that keeps me and others healthy. Among those taking issue with that message was Republican Senator Ted Cruz. He called it government propaganda for your five-year-old. A few hours after that, the tweet did receive a round of applause from President Biden, who tweeted, good on you, Big Bird. Getting vaccinated is the best way to keep your whole neighborhood safe. That was not the only person who was triggered by it. This uh, Robbie Starbuck, Starbuck tweeted about the Big Bird. He quote tweeted it. Five days later, Big Bird posts photo from his hospital bed. Hi, kids. I had a little heart attack, but it's very rare. I do it all over again and can't wait to get my booster. Shafindigda announcer. Sorry, kids. He's having a reaction. Totally not related to the shot and needs rest. And can you scroll down? Um, seven <laughs> days later, big blood clot. Bird is served, and it's a a, a gif of uh, a a turkey. For, first of all, his whole thing about Kermit. Yeah, well, what the hell? Why is he pretending so, to not remember his name? Yeah, there's that. Also, that movie was that that was an, that was like a really good movie. That 2011 Muppets remake. Um, I didn't see it. T- t- it's other it's Tex Richmond, I think, right? Is the name of the character. It's played by Chris Cooper, who plays oh, like he's this. Great. Yeah, who's like a, and he plays this dim, like diabolical villain who's convinced there's oil underneath the the Muppets studio. So he like does anything that he can to like to break up the Muppets and oh, get, get possession. Really cute. And it's 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 all it is is a plot device designed to have a bad guy try to try to move the the uh right no the muppets out right and bring it and threaten the muppets there's there's no ideology about capitalism i mean or barely even anything about greed in that in that movie it's 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 literally just an excuse to create a whole bunch of bits uh if you're triggered by that you're like you're somebody who probably shouldn't be anywhere near like a loaded weapon i would think you know yeah, um, seriously, get a like grip. You need a little bit thicker skin than that. You yeah, know? you need more feathers. Right. Uh, Wendy Rogers, who's a state senator in, uh, uh, I believe, in Texas. No, sorry, Arizona state senator. She tweeted in response, Big Bird is a communist. The Republicans are so frustrating to me because they just don't know how to argue points. A communist, like a communist, really? Like, I don't know. Like I could vaguely, vaguely see the argument that it's not necessary to drag kids into the vaccine debate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Like the the counter argument to that is pretty obvious, which is that kids are going to be vaccinated. So it it given that um, it's probably it might be helpful for for them to have a trusted figure like Big Bird talking about it and making them feel like it's not so scary, right? right? Like, it's, this is going to happen for a right. lot of people. It's not like convincing you to go get it. It's, it's like... Right, they're, right. It's not like the kid is going to be like, oh, well, I've seen the... I've seen... I've, I'm convinced. I've I'm seen gonna, enough. Big yeah. Bird's on board. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to... Now I'm going to go run and get myself a, an experimental vaccine or whatever. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's not what's happening here. Um but well, they don't want but, it normalized. They don't want this violate. They, they're taking away our freedoms. They don't want that to be normalized. I, I can't. I, I can theoretically see the argument. Like you don't want to bring anything political into a kids show. Yeah. Like you know, especially for somebody that young. But but uh, 
but then you got to go to if you're going to say that he's a communist like really like that's just crazy god well yeah maybe he wants to redistribute the vaccine and is oan is that like so the 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 fox hosts all have the same kind of hair and physique and everything but that's newsmax newsmax it's they're like they're like fox people but like more so right like they're like more unctuous is that it yeah or or thicker you know the fatter head you know i don't know they're less waspy yeah i guess i feel like yeah he's the author of the swamp washington's murky pool of corruption and cronyism and how trump can drain it inspirational so for isn't that weird you know we got (laughs) we have a little bit of a theme i guess this week here's an ap story no toilet for returning SpaceX crew stuck using diapers. And then there's a picture of them all holding peppers uh, in zero gravity. And here's the story. Cape Canaveral, Florida. They look like they're wearing burglar pants. Yeah. Who's that burglar? Uh, hamburger? The hamburger. Burglar. Yeah. yeah. The astronauts who will depart the International Space Station on Sunday will be stuck using diapers on the way home because of their capsule's uh, broken toilet. NASA astronaut Megan MacArthur described the situation Friday as suboptimal but manageable. She and three crewmates will spend 20 hours in their SpaceX capsule from the time the hatches are closed until Monday morning's plane plan splashdown. Hatches are closed. Splashdown? (laughs) The splashdown is interesting, right? It could be like a kerplunk down or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Space flight is full of lots of little challenges, she said during a news conference from Orbit. This is just one more that we'll encounter and take care of in our mission, so we're not too worried about it. After a series of meetings uh, Friday, mission managers decided to bring MacArthur and the rest of her crew home before launching their replacements. That SpaceX launch already had been delayed by more than a week by bad weather and an undisclosed medical issue involving one of the crew. I hope that medical not, issue isn't hope, not an upset stomach, explosive diarrhea or yeah. something. They, they also had to deal with a toilet leak. This is because it goes further down the story, pull, pulling up panels in their SpaceX capsule and discovering pool, pools of urine. The problem was first noted during SpaceX's private flight in September when a tube came unglued and spilled urine beneath the floorboards. Blah, blah, blah. On the culinary side, the uh, astronauts grew the first chili peppers in space. A nice moral boost. Um, Sorry. I think what they mean is a nice morale boost. Morale boost, but they wrote moral. That's interesting. Uh, They got the sample they were harvesting in the past week, adding pieces of the green and red red peppers to tacos. Interesting. Mm, What Matt was eating before the show. Yeah, a little fourth wall stuff I was eating in taco just before the show. A little disappointing that the story itself doesn't Give us no. more details well, about the diapers, but um, and this is where are you reading the Washington Post? AP, AP, yeah, that's disappointing. We need the New York Post to cover this so that we have some like good poop puns. First of all, they they never went there with the whole tacos, right? Thing, right? Like they could have made some kind of a joke, like Definitely. a transition. They're ca- they're scared. They're P- cowards. Perhaps an unintended consequence of the. Um, of their successful growing of chili peppers was that they they ended up having to poop their drawers full of right you know tacos i I mean didn't how long have they had toilets in space on spaceships because i feel like didn't astronaut aren't astronaut diapers a thing well depends on what kind of flight we're talking about there was a famous uh, incident when alan shepard uh, who was America, the first American in, in, in space, 
he actually had to pee in his suit if i if i remember correctly mm. did it like he, go up no he was he was only supposed to be in space for like five minutes but he, they, they kept him on the the oh, launch pad forever I really have to pee guys uh, yeah exactly but uh, i mean does the pee because of no gravity what, what happens to the in pee? the right right stuff um oh. no the, you, you always have to go into an enclosed thing so I, I don't know how it works but no but let's just say, say you're peeing in your suit which is you're saying what happened right yeah like what what would other what happens when there's no gravity well obviously you would the suit would have to be enclosed i'm assuming right yeah but let's say you i'm just curious what if you yeah i guess that that's true so that wouldn't but what would happen if you somehow took your suit off and pooped or peed it would fly all around the you know it would yeah helicopter around the the capsule yeah <laughs> you know i mean that yeah. could be a way to pass the time i guess i guess pass the gas yeah pass the poop pass the time yeah. all right what do we have for isn't that terrible so for isn't that terrible this one wilson uh notified me too and i gotta say i'm getting soft in my old age i think because this even made me a bit squeamish really um yeah, let's just let's go to the article. It's not like and, you're not squeamish. You're, you, you no, but I'm usually really powered through these penis stories. Oh, God. With, uh, yeah. Oh, no, it made you squeamish. Oh, yeah. No. OK, all right. It's true. I'm squeamish about certain things. In fact, one of the things that I'm squeamish <laughs> about is publicly pooping, which Matt apparently has a fantasy about. And this maybe well, will be a, well, actually, a this will, this is actually justifies your position here. You'll, you'll see why. OK, let's see. I'm sorry. I didn't want to. I don't want to kink shame you or no, suggest no, you right. have a fantasy about it when you don't. No, but it's more like I understand it. You understand the urge to to take a crap in a public ice cooler in, in a, a supermarket. In a freezer, yeah. Like in a freezer, a yeah. yeah, yeah. Man's okay. Here we go. Reading from the New York uh, Post, and this is shout out to Sam Z four six three six zero one seven seven four on twitter make sure that useful idiots gives him a follow man's penis rots after being bitten by snake while sitting on toilet in south africa so actually this is a good argument against you for using non-toilet so matt maybe this goes in your this is a, a boon for your uh, position a mm -hmm. dutch man had to undergo reconstructive surgery on his penis after cobra bit his manhood during a safari trip to south africa causing it to rot see even i think the story is so bad that like I don't want to oversell it, but even the New York Post isn't using any of turns or phrases that they usually do. Like not a single one so far. Mm. Well, let's see. The 47-year-old um, uh, victim suffered scrotal necrosis after the cold-blooded serpent, which was lurking in the toilet bowl, attacked, according to urology case reports. And what the medical journal described as the first case of snouted cobra envenomation, envenomation of the genitals, the unidentified man had to wait three hours before he was flown by helicopter to the nearest trauma center some 220 miles away. His penis and scrotum were noted to be swollen, deep purple in color, and painful on hospital admission. Scrotal necrosis was diagnosed and he reserved received multiple doses of a non-specific snake venom anti-serum and broad spectrum antibiotics according to the medical report so he ex reported vomiting and a burning sensation as well as pain that shot up from his groin into the abdomen and upper chest though he developed no neurological symptoms during the uh, ordeal he required hemodialysis due to acute kidney injury before undergoing reconstructive surgery and then they go through the surgery which sounds really painful but the good news is um 
The defect in the penile shaft was treated by a superficial debridement and a vacuum-assisted closure pump. After nine days, the patient was repatriated to the Netherlands, where a uh, plastic surgeon performed a penile shaft debridement with extensive resection of dead tissue extending onto the corpus spongiosum to the fold of the prepudium. A graft from the groin was then placed over the penis, and he made his, and he has made a full recovery. Thank God. It could have been I mean, a lot worse. How full could it be if he, if he I don't had, know. If they had to resect dead tissue and uh, replace it with some other kind of tissue. Groin tissue. Right, but you know that's like Franken penis. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I mean, it right. could have killed him, and he also could have. So he could have died, and he could have lost his penis instead of just having a. I don't know. Uh, let's. I hope the guy doesn't have a Franken penis. But you, you get how what I'm saying. That story is so bad that not a single. I don't th- see a single pun from the New York Post. Do you think they were scared away because it was so horrible that? I don't know. What do you think? Should we write a letter to the editor complaining? If we can't rely on them for penis puns, what can we rely on in this world? I th- I think you know if you if you're putting yourself in the in the shoes of the average male reader this 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 story might cross the line into territory that you don't want to joke about yeah i guess so although yeah we should you know we sat on a toilet and got and and got bit by had a like a cobra bite my my penis and then it turned black and i had to be flown to the netherlands and have have uh dead tissue resected um a story that really bites yeah. <laughs> right, right. I exactly. shaft you not. We'll work, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll yeah. workshop it. But but there is beautiful penis news. So so Wilson did deliver the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh well, that's the bad and the ugly. And the good news is um that the rare penis plant blooms for the first see when God rots a penis, he blooms another one. Rare penis plant blooms for the first time in 25 years. Experts believe that this is only the third time the aptly named Amorphophallus desist sylvi has bloomed in Europe. So let's take a look at that uh, that photo. So there you see a woman standing on a on a um, ladder to take a photo of this thing. That doesn't look like a penis to me. Aaron, welcome. Do you have anything to say about the penis plant? Not yet. No. Not yet. He's I'm, holding I'm, his tongue. Oh yeah. He's biting his tongue. So decelerating to something a little less serious. Welcome, Aaron Mate uh, of the Gray Zone, friend of show. We've we've had you on uh, many times before. So uh, of the pushback and, of the Gray Zone. Right, of the pushback of the Gray Zone. Do you think every uh, American person secretly is is has like a a, a pitch man somewhere in in their hearts? Maybe. Like, there's a lot of Americans like it. There's just a part of you that just wants to say like, because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Like we just, uh, what's another good one? Plug it in, plug it in. What's that one for? For some like late for some pre- fragrance, like plug-in fragrance. Ah, no, but State Farm's a good one. I mean, uh, your friends don't have to have a connection or, or call in a favor. State Farm has options like insuring your ride and your home getting you great rates on both because insurance shouldn't put a hole in your wallet. These good neighbors are in your corner. No promo codes, no waiting around for holiday deals, and no sales section. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates because like a good neighbor, 
State Farm is there, Katie. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. We wanted to have you on today to talk about, obviously, there was big news last week in the Russiagate thing. (laughs) There's been a conspicuous, uh, I would say, vacuum of attention in sort of mainstream media, although there there were a few things. We we want to ask you about that, too. But we figured this would be a good place to get into what it what's what is and is not in the indictment of Igor Denchenka. So, Aaron, you've obviously covered a lot of Russiagate stories from the beginning. What is this indictment really all about and why is it important? Well, it's just new evidence that the Steele dossier was a fraud. And what's funny to me is like it didn't seem possible before that the Steele thing could get more embarrassing. You have (laughs) this just the document itself is a joke. I mean, it's so stupid. If you if I was reading it today going back and it's just like it's this like series of it sounds like it's written by a crazy person. This like series of like claims of a high level Trump Russia conspiracy blackmail scheme. And but what's amazing on top of what a farce it is on its own, the fact this document could even be produced. Then you have the fact that it was used by the FBI for surveillance uh, warrant applications to spy on Trump campaign volunteer Carter Page. And also used for investigative leads. Like they took this document and they chased down every part of it that they could. They had a spreadsheet trying to keep track of like what they could corroborate and what they couldn't. Of course, the only things that they could corroborate were stuff that was already public by the time Steele wrote it. Because, you know, as was obvious for a long time, and I, I pointed this out a while ago. And you actually, know, that's interesting because you're one of the only people who who did point this out. Uh, well, I, it's I just so obvious. So it's obvious. So, so the way Steele was treated in the media, right? Like the way like Rachel Maddow would report it, she'd be like, well, and the fact is, if you look at the Steele dossier, a lot of what he reported did come out to be publicly confirmed. And the whole point is that's because Steele dossier and his sources, Steele and his sources were reading in the news media stuff that came out and then writing about uh, a similar claim in their dossier. So for example, like Steele doesn't mention anything about Russia stealing Democratic Party emails until Russia gets accused publicly of stealing Democratic Party emails. And Steele writes that there's a quid pro quo now uh, between Trump and Russia centered on the RNC changing a a platform language about Ukraine. And Steele doesn't write that until that came out in a column in the Washington Post by Josh Rogan. And Rogan, of course, got the story totally wrong. It was really this meaningless platform change, but that was blown up in the media uh, at the time, because that's when the Trump-Russia thing was getting going. And it's only after that to Steele somehow discover. And what also, so that's what's in the Steele dossier. And then what's not in the Steele dossier are any of the central characters who later became key Trump-Russia uh, figures because they weren't publicly reported at the, by the time Steele was writing it. So like the person who kicked off the whole Trump-Russia right. investigation, supposedly, George Papadopoulos, he's not in the Steele dossier. Uh, neither is the Trump Tower meeting between... Don Jr. and some Russians. Um, all these things had happened by the time Steele was writing his his reports, but the problem is they weren't in the newspapers yet. So it was just so obvious from, from that alone. I mean, put aside how ridiculous all the dumb claims were, like the P-tape, blackmail, Michael Cohen meeting with Russian hackers in Prague. I mean, you can go on and on. It was just obvious what a joke this was. So, you know, first it came out that after a year basically of lying about it, that the Clinton campaign was funding it, okay, which was hugely embarrassing for everyone who had 
taking the dossier seriously. It's amazing that it took that long, by the way. It is amazing. It is amazing. And it only came out because basically House Republicans, like the only people in government willing to apply some scrutiny to the intelligence community were people on the House Intelligence Committee, Cash Patel, Devin Nunes. Um, and they discovered that they, they got the bank records. So they forced Perkins Coy, the Clinton campaign law firm, to admit it. Um, and then it came out, you know, that like we got declassified the surveillance warrants on Carter Page, where the, the FBI was going to a FISA court four times to get surveillance warrants on this low-level Trump campaign volunteer, Carter Page. And their main source for in trying to convince the court to let them spy on Carter Page was the Steele dossier, who which they called credible. Uh, and they, uh, of course, concealed from the FISA court that the Clinton campaign was funding the Steele dossier. So basically, they were looking to spy on a member of the Trump team based on a document that was funded by Trump's opponents. They concealed that. And they also concealed what we later found out, which is that the primary subsource, this guy who you mentioned, Igor Denchenko, I'm sorry, I'm already botching the, the correct no, it, pronunciation. Yeah, it, it's, it's probably Denchenko. Denchenko. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just go with the American version because I don't you right. know. I, I apologize, but um, you know they also concealed that you know early on in January 2017, you know right at the beginning of relatively the whole Trump Russia thing, you know uh, you know like with it was within like you know like like the like the investigation had only been opened up a few months earlier on July 31st 2016. So January 2017, Denchenko, the Steele dossier's main source, told the FBI that it was all bullshit. That like basically corroboration was quote zero. That's that's in the headline of one of your great pieces, Matt. And that basically all the stuff he came up with was like the result of like drunken chatter with friends. So the FBI knew that, but it, um, they still went back to the FISA court and vouched for Steele and got surveillance warrants based on Steele. Uh, and anonymous intelligence officials still leaked to the media this picture. They were telling them, oh, like we're, we're looking into it and his claims are checking out. Like a lot of it is bearing out. That was leaked to CNN and to the, to the, into the New Yorker very early on in 2017, after they knew that this, there was nothing to the Steele dossier. So there've been a series of embarrassments. Uh, and finally, now we get this indictment of Danchenko and we learned from it that not only was Danchenko admitting privately that there was no corroboration for what he was saying, but that he, we, we learned more about his supposed subsource, the people he spoke to, and they're not Russian. One of them is a guy named Charles Dolan, who's a public relations executive, who is a deep uh, Clinton world figure. He chaired Bill Clinton's uh, presidential campaign in Virginia twice. Bill Clinton appointed him to a State Department board. He was a volunteer and advisor to Hillary Clinton's presidential campaigns in 2008, 2016. And basically, while Steele uh, was making the world think that he had access to high-level Kremlin sources for, access, for claims like the P-tape, we learned from the indictment that the P-tape thing probably comes from Charles Dolan. And Charles Dolan is not, does not appear to be doing this wittingly. He doesn't appear to be fabricating the P-tape thing and giving that to Denchenko, who then gives it to Steele. What happened was Denchenko and Steele, who knew each other and worked together, uh, were talking. And uh, Dolan happened to be in Moscow in June 2016. And he got a tour of the Moscow Ritz-Carlton. And one staffer told him that Trump had stayed there. And not long after that, uh, he speaks to Danchenko, and not long after that, Danchenko speaks to Steele, and then Steele writes his first report that Trump had stayed in the Ritz-Carlton and Russians had made a P-tape of him and using that as blackmail. So basically, what it looks like is that Danchenko and Steele took Dolan's benign information about Trump staying in the presidential suite of the Ritz-Carlton and turned that into the P-tape. 
Uh, and we also learned that um, Danchenko spoke to another guy named Sergei Milian, who's uh, not even, who's also not Russian. He's from Belarus, but he was the head of the Russian American Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, uh, Danchenko had claimed that Melian told him uh, some of, you know, some of the information that went into some of the Steele dossier's key claims that there was a tr big Trump Russia conspiracy. It turns out that Danchenko and Melian never even spoke, you know. Right. So it just gets it just get, it just gets a whole lot uh, more hilarious. Yeah, there's an uh, there's an amazing section in the indictment where. So the whole thing about Melian is confusing, but the, the whole the idea is that um, Danchenko or however we're pronouncing it, um, he he told allegedly told Steele that Millian was his source for a lot of this stuff. Um, the indictment lays out that what actually happened was that uh, Danchenko was uh, was trying to get an interview with Millian, but never was never answered. Um, supposedly he, he set up a meeting with him in New York, but we find out that what he actually did is that he went to New York uh, with his family uh, and then went to the Bronx Zoo, among other things. So there's never any contact with Million. I guess the question is, do we know whether the, the, the P-tape, was that an invention of Danchenko or is that, is that steel? Is there anything that, about this that clears that up at all? What Danchenko said is that he told Steele about the P-tape, but he said it was rumor and speculation. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, so it looks like basically it did come from Danchenko, but he's saying, he's trying to say that Steele, you know, did not independently corroborate it, you know, uh, surprise, surprise. And that, you know, he stressed to, to Steele that it was rumor and speculation, that it wasn't credible. I mean, look, regardless, I mean, whether Danchenko invented it or Steele or, or both, it's just, Steele is a clown. Right. Uh, he, you know, he and he presented to the world that he had access to all these high level Kremlin sources. And really, it was this guy, Igor Denchenko, who doesn't have access to really to the Kremlin. He has much, much better access to the Beltway because he, you know, he lives in D.C. He worked for a long time at the Brookings Institute, um, you know, a mainstream liberal think tank, also with deep ties to the Clinton. And one of his key sources is a Clinton world figure, um, which raises just many, many ironies. I mean. And again, I don't think Dolan, it doesn't look as if Dolan knew that he was being part of a Clinton funded, you know, disinformation operation. But just the fact that one of the key sources that ends up providing information that goes into it comes from the Clinton world. And another irony there that, that for all like the like, you know, hyperventilating for four years about these possible Trump Russia connections. I mean, does does Russia hold financial leverage over Trump and what have you? It this Dolan figure is another example that the Clinton world has far deeper ties to Russia than anything that they could find out about Trump because Dolan worked for the Russian government and did PR for them and had contact with a number of senior Russian officials. And that also helped inspire, I guess, another key dossier claim, which is that they said that the, there was some Russian embassy official in Washington who was recalled and he went back to Washington, right? And the picture we got- like Kalugin, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And what we were told in the media uh, was that uh, or like what Steele said was that he was recalled because Moscow feared that his role in the Russian interference operation would get exposed, right? And there's so many funny clips of this, like like McClatchy, which really humiliated itself with Russiagate. They did such great work during the Iraq War, but on Russiagate, McClatchy humiliated itself. They claimed to have basically corroboration of Michael Cohen going to Prague because of some cell phone signals pinging. Michael Cohen's cell phone 
get pinging in Prague or near Prague or something. Anyway, but so McClatchy did a story about this and Rachel Maddow, of course, and Matt, you pointed this out in your story, uh, you know, she, a, she dragged it all out. She put it. She put it. Yeah, oh let's take gotta, let's take a look at your at your piece. I put it in the chat, uh, Wilson. I mean, maybe we should watch yeah. some of that segment because it's yeah, so we funny. Should. Cause, let's, yeah, because she let's spends like she spends like six minutes or something on just this one claim about this diplomat. And basically, uh, so the so the steel claim, the steel Maddow claim, is that this diplomat was recalled from Washington because cr the Kremlin feared that his role in the Russian interference operation would get exposed. And Maddow was like, well, you know, he was recalled. That's true. It did happen. And that she suggests that that's proof that Steele is right. Now we learn from the indictment what actually happened, which is that basically Dolan and this guy were in touch because Dolan was deeply tied with Russia. And so Dolan was told months in advance by both this embassy official and by another embassy official in, in the Russian embassy in, in Washington that he was going to be recalled. And he, he passed that to Denchenko. And that led that then led to steal uh, and then Chenko coming up with this fiction that he was like some operative for the Russian interference operation. And that was, it was based on a friendship between uh, Dolan and, and this Russian diplomat uh, because this guy works heavily for, uh, because Dolan is very involved with Russia. He worked for Russia. And I don't think personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with working for Russia or knowing Russians, talking to Russians, but the premise of this whole Russia get thing for four years is that it's somehow nefarious to speak to Russians. And that's why when they couldn't un uncover a Trump-Russia conspiracy, the talking point shifted to the Mueller investigation uncovered Trump contacts with Russians. Uh, that's literally what Marshall Cohen of CNN wrote recently, that, that he said that the Mueller report found Trump associates contacting with Russians. Like, yeah, people speak to people with Russian passports, and it's only a nefarious thing if you believe there's this underlying conspiracy behind it. And of course, there's no evidence for that as this latest indictment uh, only underscores. So that's interesting. So this is this was actually one of uh, Steele's few pieces of original reporting was the, the business about Kalugin being dismissed, but it came from this Clinton world figure, Dolan. Matt and Aaron, when, when you guys see like a new document coming out, what's the sensation? Uh, <laughs> and how many times do you read them? Matt, go ahead. <laughs> that's a good question though. Is it like yeah. cool or just... well? What's what? Just so just to stop on this for a second, like it, it's interesting because I think we're like about six months past the point where serious journalists will still try to argue with you that there's something there. Like I haven't had any, I haven't had any anybody like arguing with me via email um, about this stuff for a while now, so. Most of this is all for for me. I, a lot of it is just for the humor value at this point. Right. Uh, but it, it I, I definitely feel like uh, it, there is a little bit of a Christmas morning kind of a feel to these indictments because the, the, you're finding out stuff that you, we just couldn't learn. Like we tried for years to find right. out what, what the deal with this stuff was. I can't tell you how many times I asked, like, well, how do they know this or that? Um, and now we're getting some some answers theoretically because indictments aren't proof necessarily, but um, they, there's some of this stuff is confirmed. I don't know, Aaron. How do you feel about it? I mean, I I love it. It's it is like a, a kid on Christmas morning for me because look, this was a you know I spent a lot of time on this story, and there was a time when there were so many people vested in making me feel like uh, 
you know, like I was like colossally on the wrong side. This is going to end my career. And I, it's like, you know, and that, that, that results from probably spending too much time paying attention to Twitter, but you know, the accumulation of that for so long and just the way the media was so vested in this, it, it was a lonely time. It, it, it was. And, but I, I also knew that eventually all the stuff would come out because it was just so ridiculous. Did you? I, I did, of course, because it was so obvious from the way the Mueller team wrote their indictments and the way you know news accounts went where at the bottom they would bury the 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 acknowledgments that there's no evidence for all the innuendo. I, I knew it would come, and so it's just hilarious. And like in this Durham indictment, there's there for, personally for me there's funny things. Like I mentioned before that I've been warning, I've been saying for a long time that it was obvious that Steele and his, his sources were just good at reading the newspaper and coming right. up with you know claims based on some approximate resemblance to what was in the news, right? And that's exactly what Durham says about Dolan, where Dolan told Durham that, yeah, I just read something in the news about Manafort being dismissed, and then I fabricated something based on that. So, you know, uh, but it's not surprising because it, it was, it was, this thing is just, is, 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 is ridiculous. And the only worry I have is that we're not going to get the full truth because I think there's just so much more to learn. You know, as you guys know, I challenge the very premise of this thing, which is that Russia stole the emails I, you know, if I had to bet, I just don't think that's true based on all the evidence that's come out. And I wonder if Durham is going to go there. I hope he does, because there's just so much more to learn. Right. Did you ever have a moment where you thought, like, maybe I'm maybe I'm losing my mind? Is that possible? Well, you I know what? There was one time when I slipped. There was one time when I slipped <laughs> when when uh, when the Don Jr. thing came out, Don Jr. Mm -hmm. and like uh, where he this said, if this is what you say it is. I love it. What and, is it? Can uh, you explain what this is? So, Sorry. you know, this is it, probably this is probably um, June of 2017. June, around then it must have been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was June of 2017 that it came out that Don Jr. had written to Rob Goldstone, a music publicist who was right. working for um, some Russians who Trump knew, including like a, a pop star and an oligarch that basically uh, Goldstone had written to Don Jr. saying there are some Russians who um, have some information on behalf of the Russian government that would be helpful uh, concerning Hillary Clinton's dealings with Russia that would be helpful to you and your campaign. And the media response to that was like, this is the smoking gun, this is it. And before I read the full email chain, I, I just kind of read a news account. And I was like, oh man, like, what if this really is it? You know, and like, I, I did get a little bit shook there, like for, for a second, but then I read the thing and I was like, oh, this is you know, this is this is classic Russiagate. It was obvious that, you know, that the whole that whole thing was basically a music publicist. This guy, Rob Goldstone, was making stuff up to try to get up Don Jr.'s interest. And John Jr. John Jr. said, if this is what you say it is, I love it. And of course, what happened was they had that meeting and nothing came of it, as the Mueller report even notes. And in fact, another irony is that those Russians who went to that meeting at Trump Tower with Don Jr., uh, we're working, or, or the, the key Russian, uh, this lawyer named Natalia Vetsanovskaya, she was working with Fusion GPS, the firm behind the Steele dossier. So, you know, that's just, but that was the one moment where I, I was, for a second, I was scared. Matt, you said you had one recently? No, no, no. I, there, 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 were, there were a couple of times during the, in the first year or so where it wasn't anything specific like that. Although the, 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 the when that one came out, I, I, I definitely hesitated for a few minutes uh, because the way the, the way the email was worded was basically like, would you like to accept the state sponsored aid of, of the Russian government to help you and, uh, you know, defeat Hillary Clinton? It, 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 you know, it was the, the way it was written in the news was, was, was pretty bad. Uh, but I, more than that, I just, I had like generalized moments of, 
my entire like mental process must be corrupted because everything that I'm reading tells me that this is basically bullshit. And yeah. if I'm wrong about that, then I, it, it has to be like a pretty serious disease. Like this isn't, yeah. this isn't something Can you that's going like, to, to, to Aaron or Glenn or something. Uh, I think we've Make all sure. kind of talked about this, like, um, uh, uh, you know, during that time, we all, there were, we, we, we were all talking to each other and I'm sure this came up once or twice, but, um, I did have the thought that, yeah, if I'm wrong about this, then it's, it's not going to be something that, that, you know, you can give me a couple of lorazepams and we'll right. fix like, it. It's, it's probably serious, but it's hard uh, when everyone buys into it, including friends, uh, including yeah. colleagues, a lot of my former colleagues bought into it, you know, and it's awkward. It makes it really awkward, but yeah. uh, definitely and, was, you know, yeah. but uh, it's, you know, if you, you know, and the problem is people don't have, most people don't have the time to read all these long documents and all this stuff, you know, so I get why some people fell for it because, it, you know, it takes a bit of time, but it's obvious now that this, you know, that this thing definitely. was a scam. Anyway, let's look, let's, let's look at yeah. this, this Rachel let's look thing. At the, vi the videotape. Just from a journalism point, and this is another question. Is this more damning to the people who are being talked about in the indictment, or is it more damning to the media? Because like like episodes like this end up looking so bad in my opinion. But but let's let's take a look, let's, let's watch it first and then, then we'll talk about that. And to hear the rest of the interview, please go to usefulidiots.substack.com. Our country is more politically divided than ever. You probably feel forced to pick a side when you turn on the news, even if it doesn't represent what you believe. That's why you should check out the Lost Debate podcast and YouTube show. They know people don't neatly fit into two groups and believe that media should reflect that. The Lost Debate is hosted by Ravi Gupta, a former campaign staffer for Obama, who has also fought alongside Republicans on charter schools. And Corey Bradford, a progressive political organizer turned TikTok star who once hosted a Fox News radio show. See, they don't fit into neat categories either. On the Lost Debate, they're calling out both the right and left, aka the conspiracy-obsessed authoritarian personality cult and the sanctimonious group of wannabe postmodern sociology professors. So join the conversation. Subscribe to the Lost Debate today. New episodes drop twice a week. Search for The Lost Debate on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm going to be honest with you. That ad, they're probably direct competitors to us. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that we should we should not listen take, to take, them. Or take them out. Take them out, yeah. They're our new Pod Save America. They're the new enemy. <laughs> no, 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 no. But with Pod Save America, that was like metaphorical. Maybe Useful Idiots inspired them. I think we inspire people even when they don't know it. It's what do you like think we're what, what, what do you think the most severe thing that we've inspired somebody to do has been that's actually a good question guys we should let ask. us know yeah we should yeah. yeah do you think we've ruined any relationships i don't know i kind of hope so only i mean i don't hope so per se i don't think that's a good outcome but it would be a testament to our strength hey guys if we, we have learned your ruined in your relationships let us know what was that ad for again Oh, uh, that's the right, Lost yeah. Debate podcast. The Lost Debate podcast. Show. Oh, let's challenge them to a debate. Should we challenge them to a debate? Yeah, the Lost Debate debate. That's a good idea. What would, what would the, what should the topic be? Charter schools. That was great. It was. Aaron. Aaron's great. Katie, it, does it make you uncomfortable? Like when we geek out about this stuff? 
Not uncomfortable, no. I think Aaron and I are probably the, I think we're probably the two sickest. Yeah, I think, I think you're the most, yeah. Yeah. Right. I get it, though. Like, not even no. Glenn is, is. No. Is as, not at uh, all. Not even close. No. He's got other interests in life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's on Twitter for other things. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, but it's it's interesting stuff. And I think the, uh, you know, the, the that whole issue with Bernie is, I think that's going to come up again. Right. Like this, this question of like, why, why couldn't they reach a whole bunch of voters that were there for the taking? That's, that's, that's a question that I think we're, we're going to have to revisit. Mm. Like, I think, I think this is kind of this, this Russia thing was kind of a, a lesson in, in uh, a lost opportunity I for that. So. so. Um, might be something we could talk about again at some other time. Yeah. But uh, all right, cool. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Rate, review on iTunes, subscribe. Uh, come to our Monday mornings show, which is a live YouTube show at 10 a.m. on Mondays, where we go over the Sunday morning shows. Subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss those. YouTube.com slash Useful Idiots. Subscribe on Substack to our Useful Idiots, our very own Useful Idiots. All those things. All those things. All right, so. well- Thanks for hanging in with us. We'll see you again next week. See you next week. Take care. Hello. Thank you so much for listening to and watching Useful Idiots. For full episodes and extended interviews, please subscribe at usefulidiots.substack.com. You can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash usefulidiots for clips, live streams, and full episodes. Also, subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at usefulidiotpod and use the hashtag usefulidiotspod. Join us Mondays at 10 a.m. for the Useful Idiots Monday Morning Show, where we discuss the Sunday morning news shows so you don't have to watch them. 